Felix, what do you think? Uh, Bears okay, a, okay, I got another. Colt 1911, 45, full clip will take down a grizzly bear and full froth. Depends on how you place it. Um, I have a for, uh, another white guy rap. Okay. okay. Twisting like a yogi, smarter than I can bear. You know my shit is covered like universal health care. Ask for Netflix and she'll co, like my name's Tony Blair. <laughs> <laughs> And for those of you on the premium feed, there will be a video of me waving my hands around like an asshole in a room that seems to keep getting smaller, <laughs> like all videos of whites rapping online. <laughs> I have a lot of these. I um, This is one I already posted at the timeline. I'm going to read one that uh, Eminem Obama did. You can't check me out because references is what I'm known for. Getting, my, getting sucked in a Hummer like it's 04. Her brain is good and mine is stupider. I just came to train drops of Jupiter. <laughs> I call her Dante because she guides me through hell. Hair is bright red. I call her Chevelle. Chevelle the Red. I don't. (laughs) Song the Red by Chevelle. I don't remember that one. You should. You should record. We should work on a. We should do like a. Uh, you should do like a a, a concept album yeah. where, as a white rapper, yeah, where, you, where you it's like rap. everyone, everyone's like this sucks, but yeah. I'm like no, it's a joke. Yeah, that, well, you, the, should, you should create like you should try to make the worst rap album ever. I, I, th- I, I really think you it. could do it. Yeah. Well, here's what have you heard my white? This is how my voice. If I was a white rapper, no, I'm lyrical. It's like that. You have to talk sort of like uh, the guy who's in Public Enemy number one, James Cagney. See, listen here. Yeah, see, that's how yeah, white see. rappers talk. White rappers, see here, rappers, I'm about to drop some bars yeah, on these goofies. Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah, see? You know, Cardi B, you're going to go back to stripping. You've never heard a white guy rap like this. That's how they talk. Uh, but they're also, the most important thing is choreography. What do white rappers do with their hands? I, what to do with one's hands is a perennial problem in yeah. any kind of media. I, that's why when I rap, I keep them in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to distract people. I would be cool to rap, and you're just doing patty cake on yeah. your knees. You're playing the, the you're playing the ham yeah. bone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's well. White rappers are like swatting invisible flies all the time. They're just like I'm lyrical, hysterical, the no, miracle. Oh, no, 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 Felix. What they're doing is the Tom Cruise Minority Report, like like visual like hologram screen. Yeah, they're like they're bring pulling, it up, pulling it up, computer zoom, it out, yeah, yeah, zooming, and go back. There's just something about videos of white guys rapping where the room seems to get smaller with every verse. It's like a Kafka esque thing. The more lyrical they are, the bigger they get. Well, they're the, filling the room with the rhymes, so there's, yeah. the space gets smaller. But they're always cat. They're always like insulted. They're they're always like some sort of like insulting caption to the rap when he posts them. It's like Cardi B, you dumb bitch. Check this out. I'm lyrical. <laughs> like well, they're that, trying yeah. to start a feud. They're yeah. trying to get beef going, which is smart. But no one's gonna beef with like a white YouTube. Like, but wouldn't it be funny if they did though? Come it would on. be funny because I'm, cro- I'm crossing lines like Detroit's eight mile. My raps go on forever with no end. Kafka's the trial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, hold on. Every day is a struggle. I call it Ulysses. I'm on the block pushing rock. Call it Sisyphus. <laughs> Sisyphus. That's, well, that's not well, me. I mean, that, that, that's that, not that's, me that's mispronouncing not, yeah. it. That's this what a rapper time, would this do. This time it's in character, so it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I would never mispronounce yo, that. I think he's, uh, yo, James, James Joyce ran off on the plug again. Coming down the stairs is my boy, Stately Plump Buck Mulligan. <laughs> 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 uh, folks, uh, folks, your literary degree can be put to good use as well. All right, let me still, let me try. You do one, then I'll try to think of an anagrandal one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs>
anyway, I uh, should probably, uh, probably start the show. All right, welcome to the most important politics podcast yeah, you've yeah, ever yeah. heard in your life. Welcome to the show that Russia started to subvert democracy. <laughs> it's working. Like, listen to it. This is, this is yep. so scary. Yep. The it's, Noid is some dangerous fucking bullshit. The Noid was uh, was the activating code for our uh, Manchurian candidate brain rewaving. When we yeah. heard the Noid, it, it activated us. Yeah. Uh, actually, Felix is doing his his white rapper character. I'm going to kick off the show by doing uh, an impression. Just a Uh, that's you, the listener, because this episode is a day late. <laughs> <laughs> if you're complaining about being a day late, you should have been watching the stream last night when I performed several squad wipes. Yeah, there's content for you. Yeah. Not and, for me, certainly, and but you could, some of you. You could say, like, oh, well, the rest of you could have recorded. They were all cheering me on. Were they watching? No. <laughs> but they were giving me spirit energy, like Goku. Yeah. <laughs> I was spirit, spirit bomb. No son Goku. I was holding a pennant that said, go, go fuck you mean, team. Or what is yeah, that? We, we did it. Team fuck you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Team fuck you mean did it. We fought against lag and we did it. And now we're a day yeah. late. Well, but we're not a dollar short. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Minority Report. <laughs> <laughs> and Virgil just came down from his high from going to the Overwatch uh, championships at uh, the Barclays Center. No, I didn't go to the Overwatch Championships. They denied our press pass even after I explained <laughs> we are an important political slash gaming podcast. Did you? Did we seriously get denied press passes for that? I might have forgotten to send the email. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. So they wait. They were they were having the Overwatch Championships because yeah. I was at a I was, was at a bar. I was at a bar on Saturday finals. and like there was like they had like you know TV. It was this big awful place and there was like you know TVs everywhere. Well, yeah, it's and, a bar where you're buying overpriced poison to put into your brain instead of an intellectual pursuit. Yeah, well, and the maybe point you was could drink on, enough to have sex with the girl so you can high five your friends later. I mean, I, yeah, I was trying to do all those things, but uh, on on like ESPN two, they were just showing Overwatch. Hell yeah, yeah! It was the two day was... tournament finale at Barclays Center, sold out, nineteen thousand seats. God has truly forsaken us. I'm slamming the brakes on this avenue of uh, discussion. We're gonna have another. I don't want to get into another uh, gaming uh, yeah, debate on the fine. show. People aren't tuning in for that. I just want to say, everyone there, lame. <laughs> everyone who Unlike pays. people who come to our podcast live shows, those who people are fucking cool. cool. Well, That's people. the coolest shit you well, can do. Well, we met them, Felix, and they are cool. They are okay. cool. They're no, awesome. I'm just saying if that's lame, if it's lame to watch people like wa- pay to watch people play Overwatch, it's lame to like see people go to a podcast. Well, is it lame I'm to, not judging. Is it lame to watch a play? Yes. yes yeah. Very much oh, so. Example, very much so. Example. It's yeah. exciting. There's it's quote, quote from my mom. Uh... I go to a play once a year to make sure they're still bad. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, uh, let's uh, check the headlines. Anyone got a copy of today's paper? We'll do the uh, the old come down routine. Uh, what's in what's what's in the news these days, folks? Everyone's going crazy about Bigfoot's dick. Yeah, that really was the story today. It is amazing how you can live in this this nightmare realm where things just get worse every day, and and like truly awful status quos are reified but then something like a bigfoot dick shows up and everyone just it's like water in the desert it's just a chance for everyone to have some fun and then they just forget for a while where they live this came about because uh leslie coburn who's running for i think the congress 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 in virginia leslie coburn wife of andrew mother of olivia wilde 
little bit of trivia for you there. Yeah, Uh, what a family. Yeah, all kings and queens, seriously. Wow. Um, She uh, found that the guy she's running against, Corey Stewart, no, 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 no. Corey Stewart's running mate. Running mate. Not as running. Oh. She just he, she says that to try to time to Corey Stewart. Stewart is running for Senate. Stewart is a out nas- white nationalist. Uh, this guy is less racist, so she's saying he's his running mate because he's running for Congress. So they're not technically running mates like a you know governor, or lieutenant governor, right. or something like that. They're just on the same Republican ticket. They'll both okay. be on the ticket in that district. Denver fucking Riggleman, his name is. No. My favorite part of the story, more than the Bigfoot stuff, is that his name is Denver Riggleman, uh, was discovered to have erotic Bigfoot drawings on his Instagram and having written a book about erotic Bigfoot adventures. I love that, uh, you know, we've already, like, done the math of... uh democrat names in that it's like a sort of annoying but regular first name then always two last names always yeah and then one of them is like a weird noise like clanch yes yes but uh a republican name a teacot name as we used to do matt yeah it's always like the name of like you know the last person who was killed by dodos in the world <laughs> it's always the name of like someone yeah the first person who died in their regiment in the civil war yeah. just something fucking bizarre yeah and it's always polysyllabic first and last name yeah uh and usually one of the names is some sort of either place or an animate object yeah and then the other one is just a bunch of gibberish syllables yeah like you're having a stroke while you're saying it latch rigando yeah exactly yeah like snaps back at muslim brotherhood in yeah. walmart and he fits the he fits it perfectly uh the getting horny for bigfoot is a new wrinkle though i gotta say oh yeah all Get bets it. are off uh i'd like to, i mean i'd like to use this opportunity uh to say news and denver riggleman Stop plagiarizing Jacob Bacharach's first novel, The Bend of the World, which does have erotic Bigfoot content. Well, in Bigfoot it. is an erotic character. I, I've always maintained this. Well, it's just because he's so large and yeah. hairy. He and sort he's of stands caring. in for... Yeah. And he's the ultimate know, bear, really. really. You, would feel, you would feel safe big, and big, if and you big, were around him well, and, and he had his arms around you. I think that's projection that people think he's caring. I think that's like... it's. You know, shout out to Shannon Strucci. That's a parasocial relationship. No, oh, I think I think he's misunderstood, just like Frankenstein. Well, I think in Bigfoot lore, no, he's no. Well, there is no understanding or misunderstanding. No one's ever talked to him. Well, in Bigfoot lore, Bigfoot is a gentle, he's giant. a kindly, he's a kindly, like yeah. He's lore. very. There are very, very few. Big, 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 there are very Bigfoot few are... stories of Bigfoot attacking human beings. No, no. If anything, we're the ones attacking him by destroying his habitat. Yeah, or in my... This is an aside, but I honestly wish we've talked about this before. So you guys know about Finding Bigfoot, right? Was that? It was a show on, I think, Animal Planet or something. And it was these crackpots would go out. It's like an offshoot of Ghost Hunters, one of those kind of shows. I mean, it's the same premise. Cryptozoologists. They would go go where there was a Bigfoot sighting. They would make noise in the jungle or in the woods. Then they would hear like a crinkling and they go, oh, there was Bigfoot. And then Mm -hmm. they'd never find anything. But there was just like there are these these nice kind of round nerds who just like one of them is was named Bobo. He's like six foot five. He's just this huge dude, and he says, "I like Bigfoot because I kind of relate to him." And like whenever they do a reenactment of the Bigfoot sighting for a witness, he always plays Bigfoot. You know, and they want to meet Bigfoot. They love him. It's kind of sweet. I mean, they're obviously total frauds, and it's absurd. <laughs> uh, and like they're making a mockery of any kind of scientific inquiry. But it's it's kind of heartwarming. Then there was a, a short-lived program. I don't know how many episodes they actually released. I only saw one. 
on one of those like deep, deep in your cable channel networks that might not even exist anymore. It's like the USA, USA American channel or something called Hunting Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. These, Texas, no. These Texas good old boys <laughs> who would arm themselves to the teeth and go out explicitly with the goal of killing Bigfoot. Oh, they, that's what they wanted I'll to do. I'll save you, Bigfoot. <laughs> and it's, it's like if they're all like these retired, uh, they're all ex-cops and fucking ex-troops. All of them are now Republican Congress. Oh, they're all in Congress. <laughs> yeah. they, they, have, they have like fucking Barrett 50 calibers and fucking AR-15s to go into the woods like, well, I heard a, I heard a rustling behind my, behind my tool shed. Let's go, guys. And the funniest thing about it, I mean, it was the same premise. They just wander around, not find anything, and then be like, well, one of these days. Dude, you're so- fucking lucky you don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, dude. <laughs> They're like, we've done a reenactment. We've stuffed, uh, you know, this this uh, Bigfoot uh, mannequin with filled, filled with uh, watermelons, and we're going to fire 50-caliber yeah. bullets yeah. at it to uh, show you what would how happen. Many, how many of you, those guys do you think just straight up murdered an innocent person and got off by saying, I thought he was Bigfoot? <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably like one an episode. Sadly, <laughs> none of the episodes, to my knowledge, end with one of them shooting the other one accidentally, which would have been awesome. But the funniest thing to me about the show is that to justify wanting to murder um, enchanted cryptid they had two they had two reasons one and, and one is ac- the first was actually kind of frankly persuasive and that is you can fucking find bigfoot you can see him you can even take video of him you can do a foot cast whatever but unless you get a body no one's really going to be able to definitively say you found bigfoot yeah because you need to put exist. him on the fucking trunk your hood of your car mm-hmm. like a yeah. fucking dressed deer and that's kind of true. That's not persuasive. It's like we need what? to find. If you really want to prove Bigfoot exists, you need his dead corpse. But that's like it's like his argument. It's not even like to prove it exists. It's just like, all right, if you won't fucking believe me, I'll fucking show you, dude. I'm gonna murder this cryptid and I'm gonna fucking show you. He doesn't even care about like the discovery of the world. It's like all for him. He's well, like, of course they want to be the ones who did it. It's very very selfish. Yeah. But just the general point that you're never, no one's ever ever believed Bigfoot exists until Bigfoot is in custody is true. But the funniest, the other one is that they kept saying, well, you know, these creatures could be dangerous. We got to make sure that people are safe in our One percent doctrine. They're like, they're doing fucking like neighborhood watch George Zimmerman shit for Bigfoot. Dude, they're neocons for Bigfoot. Yeah. There's a one percent chance of this existing and it is harmful. We yeah. have to murder it. Yeah. Like we're, dro- we're dropping a, a Moab into this puddle in Scotland because there's a one percent chance uh, Nessie, Nessie is up. real. Oh, we have to make sure these guys don't get to Trump. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Bigfoot, Bigfoot force. OK, we're taking him out. We've been trying to be nice to Bigfoot for 30 years. Bush tried it. Clinton tried it. They failed. I won't fail. How stupid are we? We're letting Bigfoot. He's wandering around. He's eating from our picnic baskets, folks. How stupid are we? He's out there with his disgusting genitals exposed to the world. John John Kelly waterboarding gorillas because he thinks they're a missing link. He's like, you will tell me where your cousin is. Well, that's, that's awful because I maintain Bigfoot is a gentle giant and generous lover. You're, Felix, you're thinking of the Yeti, who's a real <laughs> asshole. Well, I don't know. I, I think mean, we should be uh, clear to our impressionable listeners that uh, all cryptozoology, including Bigfoot and the Chupacabra and everything else in between, is hokum. No, no It's nonsense. No, it's not. None of it exists. <laughs> it's made. It's, it's None not of it real. exists. It's kind of the only hard science left. <laughs> There's nothing in the world but us stupid, piece of shit, scumbag human beings. No one will save us. No aliens. Well, I mean, there's no probably cryptids. really weird shit at the bottom of the ocean that we don't know about. But yeah, that's just hopefully like, one day it will come out of the ocean and fucking punish <laughs> us for our crimes. 
But yeah, no, no, there's no, there's nothing non-human to save us. We are the, we are the only fucking things this planet has. We're the curse of this fucking earth. There's literally a cat in front of you. Yeah, he's <laughs> there our, are other he's animals, like, yeah, you asshole. Yeah, but there are slaves. It just doesn't understand. There are fucking <laughs> slaves. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, Mar- I've enslaved to Marty, not the other way around. Yeah, that's, I that's just how, said that's that. How cats he's work. Your sla- you enslaved him. You grabbed him and made him your no. slave. No, oh, there's nothing else. Uh, I can think of something we're all slaves to. It's called your fucking phone. What's Whoa, up? holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta walk around for a minute. <laughs> Fuck me. Mind blown. No blood wire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, but I think one thing to point out, or two things to point out about this case, three things actually. You know what? You more, you more, the more you think about it, the more things there are to talk about. But one is, uh, the guy says that uh, that it was not related to his book; that it was his army buddies as a prank did the sexy Bigfoot. Okay, uh, which is kind of funny, uh, blaming things on your army buddies. Two, he actually did write a book that somebody read, and it's about it's like a f- fictional book about. He is a character in it, but it's a fictional tale of going and trying to find a Bigfoot. It ends with a witch using menstrual blood to bring a Bigfoot out into the open and closes with the line, Bigfoot's like sex too. But it doesn't actually feature any Bigfoot. Fuck. Wait, uh, but that's his like tell for sex. Like he's like when a girl menstruates, he's like, oh, it's time to have sex. Yeah. No, he's that's a it. freak. He is, he's, he's a kinky fuck. Uh, three, even though the Senate candidate in this state is a uh, Nazi, basically, uh, uh, no one really cared about that uh, until someone brought up the Bigfoot stuff. And four, he's probably still going to win. I think we all need to keep that in mind. It's a di- lean Republican district. Yeah. Uh, they voted for Obama. Uh, yeah, well, Cook's report, I'm s- my friend. Yeah, but you Obama was not the only o- one Obama. who can do uh, wonkery. Oh, no. Yeah. Ob- Obama was also pro-Bigfoot, dude. <laughs> he, 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 led, he led Bigfoot cross the red line, yeah, and we've been paying for it ever since. Yeah, but uh, I would say I, I'm not counting out anyone in the Coburn clan. I uh, was reminded uh, just recently that a distant ancestor of the Coburns was the British admiral who burned down the White House in 1814. That's true. What I a great family. Not only that, but uh, in his invasion, uh, Admiral George Coburn, in his invasion of Maryland and Virginia, he freed something like 300 slaves who then volunteered for the British Army because it would give them a chance. Uh, it would, uh, I, I believe the quote was, uh, they volunteered for the station that would allow them to meet their former masters. <laughs> so pretty cool. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. They literally ate James Madison's dinner. Uh, they had to flee so quickly that they had left the meal out on the table and they ate it before they burned down the White House. What, I, was, what was it? <laughs> hot pies. I uh, I thought about this because of uh, I I I remembered the uh, the Coburn story about the War of eighteen twelve uh, the other week because it was uh, Bradley Whitford of the West Wing was just like everybody come out to protect the White House we have to protect White House oh, shield God, wall yes because Putin yeah, cannot, yeah, yeah. he cannot yeah he cannot sully it he with cannot, his he's disgusting he's like Putin. a vampire if he's invited in then he'll never leave no dude Putin was gonna do one of those like corn videos where they go to a fancy dinner and they're just like too crazy they're like turning they're like turning the table upside down they're yeah. like yeah it's, I, yeah, it's like, like those the fight for right to party or, or I, the, love the, I love those two like, like twisted sister like Motley Crue videos where it's like <laughs> the hot chick is like eating dinner with her society parents they're like, well, nice dinner would be a shame somebody rocked out here. Oh that- no, it's Putin. Yeah, it's him. Round it's like, dude, you know round. who? It's like, it's what? It, goes you know who the president is, around. right, Bradley? The president is Donald Trump. He like, like has he put ketchup stain on the original fucking Constitution. 
Like, there's nothing to be done. There's no way to fumigate that building. Even if, like, even if all he's, you care about is decorum, because obviously plenty of people pointed out, you know, Andrew Jackson literally uh, sold and bought slaves in the White House. It's a fucking, you know, cursed built building, slaves. built by slaves, cursed building. Uh, but even if all you care about is decorum, Trump's already fucked that shit up. Just relax. Bear, uh, Baron, Baron has carved his favorite Homestuck characters into the Resolute desk. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> He has already held a uh, swingers party in the Lincoln bedroom for Mar-a-Lago oh, members. Absolutely. Oh yeah. God! Oh God! A bunch of just, just sort of like of like leathery oh, Florida people, fuck. just oh, like geez, oh. some, just humping and biting each other. Uh, and, some yeah. Saurian Boca Raton dentist just thrusting into an indifferent. Talk process. about oh, man, talk I, about cryptids. I love oh. I love being I love, I love being half hard and just sort of like sliding something in like it's a sort of like a package of a t-shirt you're shoving into a mail slot that's a little bit too tight and then feeling then feeling like a leathery hand it's so dry and old it feels almost like a beanie baby touching you on my back and it's a car dealer from Boca Raton going there you go sport um, I love God. being in that orgy it feels awesome yeah. but they are defending the White House a friend of the show Adam Pachinko machine raised over a hundred thousand dollars what to what fund what to fund uh, these nightly vigils at the Kremlin annex. Who would give? What? Who would give a hundred thousand dollars? Wait a minute. What are they? Project to stand radiance. in front of a building. What are they using that they're, money for? They're standing in front of the building. They're holding signs. Uh, here's one. It's it's just a list of names. Caption: Friends told us they wish they could be here, so we found a way. Oh, oh! It's probably like people that Putin killed or something. No, no. It's no. the people who are like, I can't, I can't I'm make gonna, it. I'm not going to oh, stand there, no. hold a sign with my name on it. Uh, that sucks. That's, that's one of the lamest. So lame. But again, that's honestly, wh- one of the lamest things I've ever. But heard. again, what? Why? What does a hundred grand buy you for you to do that? It buys you a lot of poster board yeah. to put the names of people who aren't showing up at your protest. Did he buy the rights to like Happy Birthday or something? Like what the fuck? You remember when the when the Million Man March was just Louis Farrakhan with a giant scroll that he just rolled down the fucking Lincoln Memorial steps Louis with all Farrakhan, the names Louis on it? Farrakhan is so tight, undefeated. Uh, no, I so I I have no idea where the money went. Uh, but I guess this this protest of a few dozen people is still happening. But I remember when Trump started floating the idea that he was going to fire uh, Mueller, and uh, all these liberals said, we're going to fill the streets if that happens. And then after the fucking Trump-Russia summit, uh, it's it's just a sign with people on Twitter who are like, uh, yeah, I'll, I can't really make it, but uh, hold my name there. Uh, you know, 500 yards from the White House security fence. Yeah, I have a feeling that if he does file a Mueller, there's, they're not going to be able to get him out. They're not going to uh, get him out of the street. No, I think they're going to be sending letter bombs to Army recruitment centers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's shine, yeah, Shining Path. The illu- instead of Shining Path, it's the illuminated driveway. <laughs> uh, left, left wing, uh, raising money to get out of your toxic household. Right wing, raising money because your uh, hot dog chain that's literally just called a racial slur <laughs> is getting boycotted. Liberal, raising money to pussy pop in front of the White House. Here's a sign that just says Wolverines. Oh, because of the wait, because yeah, of Red yeah, Dawn, yeah, the Red classic Dawn, uh, reactionary yes, uh, cinema. Yes, but who invaded the United States in that movie? In Nicaragua. Well, also. <laughs> well, at the behest of ah, Russia. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. I'll have the, you know the, the fever dream fantasies of actually one of our great reactionary artists in American history, John Milius. King, yeah. I, I just, I mean, what is the difference at this point between like these people and the guy driving around in a truck with, 
you know, a bunch of... To male circumcision yeah, is general male mutilation. circumcision or, like, the CIA. True. Fact, by well, the that way. Is like the the that is fact. Or, like, yeah. you know, like, in, 1940, in 1995, the NSA abducted me and put a transmitter in my asshole. Like, it's the same Oh, Matt, what was thing. the one we saw at Aussie Fest? We didn't say that, like, uh, uh, Jamie mentioned it in her Rolling Stone article, but there was a guy... There was a Krishna. He was, was a Hare Krishna. Krishna who said North Korea has already blown up all of their nuclear weapons in underwater in the ocean, and the radioactive fallout is going to reach America in the next two weeks. Everybody to stop eating fish. Yes, that was the message. Yeah, and it's not any less gibberish than this than this shit. Well, uh, I think we should move on to uh, another kind of gibberish. I guess. Like, oh yeah. Uh, a, a, a sort of, I guess the big uh, clip of the week last week that everyone was uh, gabbing about. Hooting and hollering. And yeah, involved um, Megan McCain on The View. I mean, she's a host of The View, uh, sort of getting into it with Joy Behar about uh, socialism. It's and, the word uh, everyone's talking about. It's the word everyone's talking about. And Megan basically, I forget who said this, but she was putting socialism on notice and was like, socialism, let me speak to your manager because, oh, yeah. you know, we got a problem. She left a scathing Yelp review and, at yeah. socialism's I asked her this question about what do you mean by being a democratic socialist? And she went over her platform. She says Medicare for all. Good. Uh, fully funded public schools and universities. Love it. Paid family and sick leave. Good. Justice system reform, immigration justice, yeah. infrastructural overhaul, clean campaign finance, an economy of peace, Housing as a human right. Well, I don't know. It's a really well, successful well, I, country. Can I please push back on wrong with that? This makes my head explode. The problem with socialism, in the words of Margaret Thatcher, at a certain point you run out of spending other people's money. Venezuela, one of the richest countries in the world in the 70s. Now, the average Venezuelan has lost 24 pounds because they're starving to death. 90% of I the country like is living in poverty. I think she's talking more about Scandinavia than Venezuela. I, but I'm sorry. I need. This is what I need from her. Name one country that socialism has ever worked. And also, every Sweden. every democratic socialist Copenhagen, who is going um, on TV Denmark, saying that it's good needs Norway, to start paying ninety percent in taxes Iceland. on your tax form. No, on your tax form. On your tax form, I think you should start paying the amount of taxes that every socialist in this country thinks you need to. Because if you think the government is so good at okay. spending money, look at the VA. Hold no, on a but what about it is dangerous. I just told dangerous. you several countries that do it. I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. Hold on, everybody. Everybody. God bless you all. Uh, so Megan was basically said, uh, she, you know, people characterized it as sort of a meltdown. You know, I think that's being unfair to Megan, but she was passionate. She was expressing, you know, she was uh, had maybe had some volume in her voice, but she was passionately saying, you know, I'm terrified that socialism is being normalized in America. This is not normal. Yeah. You know, socialism is bad. And, uh, you know, jo Joy Behar was uh, pushing back. And fr from the clip, it definitely seemed like the view audience was very down with socialism and like i think this is part and parcel of the phenomenon we're seeing now where uh the right-wing media like in you know for instance if they're describing uh what alexandria ocasio-cortez believes in will give a more accurate summation yeah. they'll just say you know hey you know, she wants free health care and government guaranteed jobs and education and she's gonna pay for it by taxing you. It's like, well, yeah, definitely. And but they they know that for the Fox News audience, that's like, you know, they can take that as read as something evil and frightening. The view audience, it's a little bit more up for grabs. And like now there's this idea that like if right wing people if if Meghan McCain starts ranting about socialism, maybe people in the view audience might be like, Hey, that sounds like a good deal. Yeah, they 
the thing is, is that the Republicans, they, their message machine, obviously, has been very honed over the years. They have all these mechanisms for getting their ideas out there and, and shaping all of the discourse around every given issue. Uh, but they're all flabby now because they've been competing against liberals this whole time. And it's just it's like it's like beating up, you know, fourth graders. It's it's been it's like when Kramer was in the kung fu the karate class with those kids. I mean, mm-hmm. just wrecks their shit because what do they have? They have you know they have a Hillary voice and 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 fucking you know earned in uh, tax credits and shit, uh, you know incremental gibberish and and opportunity bucks and all that crap. Like they don't have a thing that anyone could re- all they have really is is sort of a, a cultural attitude and gestures towards yeah for very very vague ideas that can easily be turned by Republicans into anything they want them to be. Now, with socialism, I mean, I do think there's a danger of sort of rhetorical drift and socialism sort of being turned into, you know, n- basically just li- ultra-liberalism or something. But on, on the policy proposal front, like things like Medicare for All are, you know, they are, that's a fucking policy. That that's is an actual point. thing that you can propose to somebody that they can understand pretty quickly what it means and which has an intuitive appeal to people and Republicans are absolutely out of practice on trying to confront an issue on its own merits like that. And so all they can do is things like when Hannity's like, she wants to do this. She wants free health care. Just like for people who aren't already on board with their psychotic, like mean spirited worldview or where the economy and the government exist to punish bad people who aren't like me, uh, uh, and actually suffer and, uh, and would like to see a world that's a little more generous towards, you know, its fellow citizens that they have no real response to it and they end up just amplifying the message. Well, I think what's going on here is like people who are very invested in the liberal consensus in media or the think tank world. Uh, like I saw Josh Marshall and Matt Iglesias saying some version of this line where like, you know, a lot of, you know, what, what, you, what all of the young people are calling socialism now is really just the, the new deal of, a, you know, it's just liberalism of an earlier era. It's, it's sort of more muscular liberalism but it's not really socialism which i guess in a way is kind of true like medicare for all on itself is not well, socialism but that's, but that's still but, good because that serves as an entry drug towards a broader critique of capitalism and a real demand of abolishing the wage system and also it it raises a question well why was this regular liberalism 50 years 60 years ago and now it's radical like, yeah what has happened since then and the I reality mean, is is that the class balance has shifted so far in favor of the wealthy and the and ownership that 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 the le- that any kind of uh, leverage and and ability to to you know make demands for regular people has dried up, and so they've been making they've been fucking dictating terms basically unopposed since the fall of the uh, Soviet Union. I also view this as kind of a project to reconstruct in people's minds the idea of a commons, the idea of a common good, which has been drilled out of us for decades. Yes. The idea of all government intervention is considered haram in this country. And if you ignore that framing and just go right to the heart of the matter, uh, we should be, you know, we should be operating as a society and economy around not a profit motive, but around s- fulfilling human needs. Uh, that's kind of a short circuit. And that, as you point out, the Fox News crowd can't really deal with. Right. Because people actually are suffering. People hate their fucking insurance companies. People, if they have them, people uh, hate their student loan debt. They hate their jobs. They hate all these things in their lives that they're told they have control of their lives. They, they control, they're, they're told that all of these wonderful consumer options make up freedom, but their actual <coughs> horizons of their lives have been brutally constrained. And these, th- this idea of, hey, maybe we actually take ho- charge of this thing 
maybe we may direct the economy towards people's needs instead of towards just the massive accumulation of money upward would be good. And yeah, you have two things that are that are making it harder for right wing to deal with it. One is that they don't have a, a framework for critiquing these things because they're so used to beating up on on a stale and, and contentless liberalism. But a lot of the people getting mad are people like Meghan McCain, who is a fucking talentless dipshit fail daughter yeah. of of millionaire senator and his fucking beer baron wife <coughs> who is the who's like, just mad that her fucking unearned inheritance might get taxed. Well, yeah, I, I mean Megan McCain is John McCain's life is filled with like sacrifices but sacrifices for absolute bullshit. He rots in a Vietnamese prison but in a war he volunteered for in the most unjustifiable uh sort of position you can be as a combat officer in that war, a pilot. He rots away so he can have a political career where he goes on to get the UFC banned, be a member of the Keating Five, help push Iraq war forward. And now that his brain is rotting and everyone is primed to rehabilitate absolute pieces of shit like him, he does it so we have to endure his shitty daughter for the rest of our lives. What does she bring? What does she bring to anything? What is her ability? What insight has Meghan McCain ever had? Has she said anything funny? Has she even ever said anything that's so inflammatory it's at least kind of interesting? She's not even Sarah Palin. She's just a wholly (coughs) useless... It's like a bag filled with flour is her personality. But the flour is just... It's somehow entitled and shitty. The, The entitlement is breathtaking. Obviously, I deserve this inheritance from my parents that I did nothing to earn. But I also honestly deserve a media career. To, to give people my brilliant fucking insights, which is Republicans should be okay with gay people. I, I have, you remember how I shocked the world when I said I like the Clinton staffers more than the Obama staffers? He spit some knowledge. The McCains are worse than the Clintons. Oh, whoa. Ooh. They're a worse family. Che- okay, I'm just going to put it in far of like they're shitty kids we have to see forever. Chelsea, like look at Chelsea's presence in the world. Chelsea's presence is like writing a children's book that's like resistance kids or some dumb bullshit and like making fail pancakes like making fa- making yeah, zucchini yeah, pancakes yeah, making fail meals as like a 40 year old a millionaire 40 year old and then like on twitter someone will be like you know like maga pete will be like you're going to prison you pedophile bitch and she'll be like mm, actually a bitch is a female dog and dogs are very useful and so you complimented me and it's just a million weeping guys will be like, "You rock, man, Chelsea!" Ah, <laughs> just reply guy, reply guys doing the soy face to her, and it's like, whatever, I can accept that. But Megan McCain is just her entire last year has been apologized to my family. How dare you say that about my dad? How yeah. dare you? How dare you look at me? You can tell that she just her formative years were spent getting servants fired. Oh gosh! Oh, family. absolutely! I fucking hate them so much. The Clintons again. There's like this level of comedy to them. They're like very yeah. Ian Nuchian. With the McCains, they're just so fucking entitled. You have to love us. You have to realize the sacrifice we did. We we committed for you, you piece of shit. Yeah. Well, uh, also, she's now married to Ben Dominich, publisher of The Federalist. Yeah. Uh, we all know who we think about that. But also, people forget a guy who like literally insulted her looks and intelligence on Twitter like a year before they met. Yeah. Pretty good. 
But I guess um, negging really works. Well, uh, who wh- says conservatives can't grow beards? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> who said that? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, before we go on, I, I found this uh, article. Megan McCain was talking about how she got married on The View, and she said it was because of Donald Trump. Mm. Uh, she says, she wanted a marriage like Melania has. She's like, <laughs> jealous. I have this theory because I got together with my husband very quickly, which I never do. We moved in very quickly. I have this theory that Trump's America makes everything more intense and heightened because we're always talking about the threat of nuclear war and we want to be nurtured by each other. For real, I would not have gone together with my husband if Trump didn't become the nominee and weren't running for president. 100%. At the convention when he accepted the nomination, I cried and cried to him in an SUV back to our hotel room and he got me P.F. Chang's and I thought... Maybe I can marry this guy. He fed her like a wild animal and earned her trust. That's so dark. You know what that reminds me? That's so dark. All these people are... All these people... I I was talking about this with like American rich people versus European ones. European ones who are just like, ah, terrific. I've secured the campgrounds for my pedophilia ceremony. (laughs) And American ones are like, all right, mom and dad, we got our P.F. Changs. They have billions of dollars in unearned of just plunder from a global empire, and this is what they do with it. Well, that reminds me, P.F. Chang's reminds me of another failed son of, of wealth, Mar- uh, Mark Davis, uh, the, the, the son of Al Davis, and the, uh, the current oh, the owner, the bull cut, yeah, the, bull cut. cut the bull cut pimp uh, owner of the Raiders. now, I guess, Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. who famously uh, would every morning go and have lunch at his quote-unquote office, which was a P.F. Chang's, where he would have iced teas at the bar and read the newspaper, and then he would ride around in his 1980s panel van and had a VHS tape recorder in it. And he also flies to a specific place in LA, in California to get that bull haircut. Wow. Yeah, these are the these well, are the children. These this is what they're doing with the money. Well, this is what they're doing with the money. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, How can you not win this fucking policy argument? Yeah, yeah. European. They, they want you to literally die in a fucking ditch so that these fucking dipshits like him and Wyatt Coke and Meghan McCain can just make the world their little fun playground. At least European billionaires, like their kids, have a chance of like summoning Satan or doing something <laughs> cool. These people are just absolute fucking. They're like it's like they're all demonious ex. <laughs> Uh, two two points. Uh, one to yours about this is what they're doing with the money. Uh, I thought Randy had the best comment on this, where he was like, "I know some of you uh, may think socialism is like pretty good and cool, but were you aware it may cause Meghan McCain to have slightly less money?" I mean, <laughs> uh, no, thank two, you. Uh, to to Meghan's comment about why she got married to Ben Domino, because you know in the Trump era everything is so crazy and intense. We need to like just hue to love and you know f- you know that does that is almost a uh, exact replica of what John Podhoritz gave as the reason for why he decided to finally marry and have children with his long-term girlfriend can you guess the reason Reagan got elected 9/11 <laughs> by the way John, John, John it was 9/11 cuz he realized he had to get serious because the world was serious oh, now boy. Dude, what we need is more love and compassion like marrying the guy who's the editor of the website with articles like revisiting the DNA intelligence debate. <laughs> yeah, every every yeah. article on the, the rule fed- of thumb better than you remember. <laughs> I mean, the Federalist is the best one of those publications. Oh, oh hands down. Because NRO is just like, you know, they're too the soggy. Ca- yeah, it's just like the case for chess. And Breitbart is just like, all right, we get it. You're racist. But <laughs> Federalist is just like, just always, y'all mind oh, if God. I wild out. No, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah, just women. sexually repressed fever dreams. Uh, my favorite Thank part you. about it, though, is that 
like all these fucking ma- magazines, it's absolutely opaque in its funding, dark money. It's like, you know, money that, that the Koch brothers got from, you know, like assassinating uh, indigenous activists in like Nigeria, the Niger Delta or something is going to pay for articles about how Miss Piggy should be stoned to death for being a horror. <laughs> well, yeah, like it's like it's I imagine the Federalist is kind of what the beak is like. Yes. Yes. Well, Felix, I want to go back to one thing you said that, you know, what has Meghan McCain ever said that was funny or interesting or useful? Well, I think we'd like to, to dive into that now. We, we have prepared another reading series from another, another political tome that we'd this like to book, share with this you. This book makes me sad because Stella was really good. Matt, so describe this you book. You might think, what does she have to add? She has one thing to add. She has written a book. Much like us. Yes. Fellow uh, author. Fellow author. Uh, fellow co-author. As a collaborator. In 2012, she and Stella and the state's Michael Ian Black co-wrote a book called America, You Sexy Bitch, A Love Letter Whoa, to Freedom. Oh, Can you second. say that? Oh, oh man. <laughs> Hold on a oh, Ameri- America, You Sexy Bitch, uh, pretty provocative title, which I am now adding to my dossier of Michael Ian Black, Pizzagate pedophile. He is currently being... <laughs> he is. He is currently being dra- in, in the Cernovich dragnet. And what's really funny about that is some of the tweets that he's being dragged, like unlike the James Gunn stuff or like... Uh, yeah. what's it, the, he's doing edgelord pedophile jokes. He was jokes. doing edgelord like pedophile jokes or whatever. Uh, the, the Michael Ian Black tweets were literally just about pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he was just means. like, boy, I'd like, I'd like some pizza right yeah, now. We all like, know hey, you know, <laughs> Michael Ian Black does have like offenses. I, I don't give a shit about like, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm Michael Ian Black. How dare you? I love it when people do that to like win an argument with like, why are you arguing with Michael Ian Black in the first place? Who gives a shit? The concept of this book is that Michael Ian Black is the liberal. Well, let me read it. Okay. I'll read the all jacket right. copy. She is. A, this is from 2012. Oh, she no. is a single 20-something gun-loving Christian Republican writer and blogger. Gun-loving, yeah, sure. The mm-hmm. daughter of a senator and 2008 Republican presidential nominee. He is a married 40-year-old gun-fearing atheist Democrat comedian, the son of a lesbian former Social Security employee. Meghan McCain and Michael Ian Black barely know each other, but they are about to change the way politics are discussed in America. Or at least did the way they? politics are discussed. Yeah, they did. Trump won. At oh, least okay. the way politics are discussed in their crappy RV. In America, You Sexy Bitch, Megan and Michael embark on a balls-out cross-country tour starting in California, the heart of liberal America, and ending in the state of Connecticut, the home of blue-blood Wall Street billionaires. But mostly, Megan McCain and Michael Ian Black talk to each other about their differences, their similarities, and how American politics has gotten so divided. Trump won. That's it. This this changed America. It got liberals and conservatives talking to each other, and they decided to to elect Trump. So, yeah. so Matt, you you've preferred you've preferred some selections from America. Yeah. You sexy. Oh, bitch. Really quick though, this book was sent to us several months ago by a listener, and it's a signed copy, it signed is. by both by Michael both Black them. and Megan McCain. Yeah. It is a treasured part of the Chapel Library, up on the shelf with uh, our unhallowed tomes. Yes. And, uh, the, and uh, the governance of China by this President. This is our Saddam Quran written in blood. Yes, like, absolutely. This is the equivalent to that. Yeah, this is a holy, holy testament here. So the format of the book is that they, the chapters are different places that they go, 
and it alternates. It'll be like a page and a half for Michael and then for Megan. And, and they talk, they mostly actually talk past each other. It's kind of funny. There was very little actual dialogue. They mostly just get mad at one another and then sort of stew and then kind of get over it and then get mad at each other again. By the it, way, Chopper Tour coming up. There is no, <laughs> there is no fucking, <laughs> like the kind of thing they're promising here that we can rise above partisanship and ideology. Well, I mean, it never is, happens well, because it can happen because it's a fantasy. But anyway, uh, so it starts off with them. Uh, in LA, they're getting ready, they're getting the RV and they're getting on there. And the first thing they kind of do is they kind of tell you where they're coming from. And so the first thing uh, Megan says to sort of uh, to sort of pitch things to this audience to let them know what where she's coming from is as much as I consider myself a Republican and feel in almost every way intellectually and culturally tied to both the Republican Party as an organization and its many shadings of conservative theory, on paper I am in many ways culturally liberal. I was born into a wealthy, famous family. I went to an Ivy League school and majored in art history, which means I know a lot about pretentious artists and art critics. Name one. I'm a writer and television commenter employed by the liberal network, MSNBC. I'm a huge supporter of and fighter for gay marriage and LBGT rights. I'm unmarried and not completely convinced that the idea of marriage isn't outdated. I am almost 28 and do not have children, and I think absence-only education is delusional and dangerous. I live in the heart of the West Village in New York City. I consider myself a God-fearing Christian, but I'm also a big believer in karma and sometimes get a feeling like I may have had past lives. All of this said, Jesus and I came to an understanding of each other a long time ago, and my relationship to him is one of acceptance. My God isn't Rick Santorum's God, and my God loves everyone for exactly who they are. My God does not make mistakes. This list can go on and on, which is why I have always hated labels and stereotypes about people, especially when it comes to Americans and what exactly it means to be a real American or come from real America. Because if I were to adhere to all the stereotypical terms that make someone a real American, I might find that, in many ways, I'm falling desperately short. What she is is a stereotypical rich idiot. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, the, like she thinks that she's, she's, like, blowing your mind with all of these conflicts. It's like, I'm a Republican, but I like gay people. It's like, I like gay people, but I'm rich and like to want to keep my money. Like, uh, is your I'm, mind I'm, I'm, I'm a conservative, but I appear on... Um, a- Network television owned by giant corporations. Yeah. Uh, I'm rich and I'm a cosmopolitan. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I was interested to know that I was interested to learn that she, Megan, is a believer in past lives. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I mean, that just really goes to show you. It's like, like she's thought about none of this for more than a half second. Like, of course, she's a Christian because it's sort of the received kit you get. But of course, you know, also kind of anything she heard sounds good. Yeah. yeah my well, what if, uh, what if she leaves that because her dad killed her with a bomb in her previous life? <laughs> You yeah, never got a chance to drop him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's got his, uh, he piece of his fuselage. <laughs> he's like, whoops, damn, see you again. <laughs> My God's the good God, not the God who uh, wrote all those things that are bad. I, I really wonder, uh, she said, like, I, you know, me and Jesus talked it over, and, like, I'm cool with him. It's like, Megan, is he cool with you? <laughs> Protestantism is such fucking voodoo. I'm just thinking. I the, talked it oh, over with Jesus. Put a pin God, in that. I hate it. I'm I put a pin it. in that, buddy. It's like. This turns me into a Deus Volt guy, but for a counter reformation. Like this is no this is just the pits. No, no. American Protestantism is really like, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Yeah. Keep yeah. keep on. If keep you're on. like yeah, if you're white, like you rock. Yeah. Whatever, uh, buddy. So they travel around, they go to Prescott, Arizona, and they hang out with her brother and shoot guns. Oh, okay. And it's Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Now Michael Ian Black's a liberal. Yeah. And he was he shooting guns? He fired a gun. No. no I know. No. And he talks about how weird it is and also kind of cool. 
yeah, it's my just it's the God, it's, like, it's redefining the terms of this whole debate. I know. Now I'm seeing Michael, both sides of next, this. Next, next, uh, next paragraph. Michael Ian Black. After I saw a cop, I thought about grabbing a service weapon. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, I, I feel like this is what in the Trump era is being prescribed that we need to like hang out with people who are not like us and learn things. Uh, so then they shoot guns with their relatives and oh my God, he feels weird. He kind of liked it, but also guns are bad. And she's like, yeah, guns are good. Once again, nothing has been learned. No point. Then they go to Vegas. Megan talks about how much she loves Vegas. It's where she goes. It's her party town, which of course, Vegas of course she loves Vegas. Uh, but this is one of the most insane things. And I honestly wonder what, how this got in the book. So, they go to the Zappos headquarters. You guys the, remember the, the Zappos, sh- the, the, show, shoe, the, the shoe, the shoe mailing uh, okay. website, uh, which apparently is in Vegas. And this is the entirety of one of Megan's sections on it. One of the main things I wanted to do with Michael when we're in Vegas is tour the Zappos headquarters. I'm a frequent user of the Zappos website to buy shoes and sometimes clothes. Although that is what I use Zappos to shop for, you can find a huge variety of things to purchase on the site that extend past shoes and jeans. Everything the Zappos company touts itself to be is true. My shipments come when they're supposed to. It is easy to print out a return slip on their website. And the customer service is amazing. Probably the best I've ever encountered. What the fuck? <laughs> Everything is simple and easy. And the people that I talked to about an order seemed happy to help me. As weird as it sounds, it is really refreshing to do business with a company that seems to truly believe in customer service. For the record, I have no affiliation with Zappos other than as a customer. On top of that, Zappos CEO Tony C has established a substantial cult following as a result of the wild success of Zappos and its somewhat unorthodox business environment. Or, depending on your perspective, the working environment, all other working environments should follow and replicate. His latest venture is to rejuvenate downtown Las Vegas, where they are preparing to move their headquarters to the City Hall building, which was slated to become a homeless shelter until Say stepped in. Phew. Oh, yeah. Well, thank God that didn't yeah, happen. No. What? He yeah, is attempting no, to, no, you don't, buddy. He is attempting to reinvigorate Vegas in ways the city hasn't seen since Bugsy Siegel. <laughs> investing his Wait, own no, money. No, did they say Bugsy? Did they literally say yes. that? Yeah. Investing his own money and the time and talent of his entire team in coming up with new ideas to pump fresh blood into the arena, into the area. Some say he is trying to create a new Silicon Valley right in the center of town. I say more power to him. That was just like cut and pasted from a Zappos yes. press release. That, yes. That's incredible. But, but that, the, it rocks because it's like he displaced a homeless shelter. He's the best thing since this murderous gangster from the 40s <laughs> who got shot in the eye. Yep. Uh, so wow. That, wow. Go- You're the Albert Anastasia of <laughs> online commerce. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, murder.com, not murdering. Dennis Leary joke. So they go to uh, Salt Lake City from there. And, and, then, and then pretend to be Mormon. Yeah, well, the That's, thing is, you have to pretend to be Mormon to get into the temple, but they didn't even get to do that because the fucking... Uh, because uh, it's closed when they get there. I think they saw them coming. Glad they, oh, included, man, glad oh, they included that yeah, a bit yeah, in the, the book. Only, yeah. The only holy people in America, the Mormons, saw this unholy alliance and had to protect their sanctuary. Yeah. But Mor- go- Mormons, I stand with you. But going to Salt Lake City makes Megan reflect on religion. Okay. Oh, great. I can't wait like to, to hear, hear her thoughts on this. Oh, so get this. I think it's the opiate of the masses, but that's just me personally. So she's looking at all the happy, smiling Mormons and all the white, smiling Mormons in Salt Lake City, and she says, As I look around this rental place and see so many happy, shiny faces, I start to wonder if maybe this is the religion I'm missing. Maybe this is my church. I have had such a tumultuous relationship with organized religion that I refer to myself as a liberal Christian, a term I stole from the wonderful Christian Chenoweth. In general, however, I am conflicted about many religious concepts. 
Much like my politics, there's a lot of room for gray. I enjoy going to church and have found much comfort in it. I pray every day, but I believe that all of us are praying to the same divine force. The God that created us looks over us and protects us. I don't believe that there is a right God and a wrong God, that one's religion's, one religion's image of God is better than another. Then why are you a Christian? Why are you anything? Uh, you know, I, I think... You know, I think everyone is praying to the same God. You know, there's no right or wrong God. It's all the same sort of divine force that we as human beings, you know, connect with and commune with on some level, except, of course, for the false moon God that the Muslims worship. <laughs> and yeah, must be if, if, if the choice is between this hokum and somebody who says, no, my God is the right God and everyone who believes in another yeah. God should be killed, I take, I take the latter every yeah, time. Yeah, literally anyone goes up and get like, I'm going with ISIS, I'm going with... I'm going with uh, one of those weird Catholics. The magazine her husband runs and publishes? Yeah, no, I'm going with one of those weird Catholics who, like, you know, goes beast mode on their own body with a whip. <laughs> Even someone, I'm doing anything but this bullshit. I'm Zoroastrian, whatever. Even somebody who's Baha'i has to read this and think, you're dumb as shit, lady. Yeah, even Unitarians are like, pick a side well hold on a minute there's one religious concept that megan actually hates and is uncomfortable Tithing. with and and says <laughs> michael. Uh, michael is an atheist i don't understand atheism and this core difference between us strikes me as one of the most profound i don't understand not having some kind of faith in something or believing in some form of god the absence of a higher power of some kind or that there being some kind of divine divine plan just doesn't make sense really nothing comes after this well, this yeah, is, this is some serious That's shit here. This is like, easy to believe. This is C.S. Lewis right here. Yeah. This is some real apologetics. Really? Nothing goes after this? And there is nothing before this? I simply refuse to believe it. And I find atheists arrogant. Arrogant and simple-minded. It's one of the few deal breakers when it comes to men I will date. No atheists. <laughs> no atheists and no vegans. I'm still a red state girl at heart, and I oh. like my man to eat red meat and love oh. God. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Faith is such a huge part of my life that it is hard for me to conceive of what it's like for someone to get out of bed every morning and not have faith in their life. Faith is literally no part of your life. None. Because, None. You're, because your God is okay with anything yes. you do ever. Yes. It's literally couldn't be less of a does, part of your life. Does Mike, Shut the fuck up. I, I, I just Michael, want to say, her, her idea that, you know, oh, atheists don't believe in anything. Uh, you know, why do you get out of bed in the morning? Uh, Megan... Uh, I'd like to introduce you to something called the objectively true science of Marxist-Leninism. Seriously, get on that shit. Does Michael it's e. called Black the state, okay? <laughs> Does Michael, Michael e. Ian Black should know about that. <laughs> oh, way. Does Michael Ian Black say anything in this book or is all his lines just, uh-huh? No, yeah. he, he, okay, he, Megan. He's okay. in here, but he's yeah. even more boring than her. It's just all liberal bullshit. He loves Obama. Uh, he, 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 he doesn't like guns. Hates God. He doesn't believe in God. You know, all this shit. It's, it's all, you could guess what he's going to say. Uh, but this goes back to something that uh, that uh, Felix said about Protestantism. Uh, so they go to from paganism. They go from Utah to Austin, Texas, and then they go to New Orleans. Uh, over the years, I've had extremely special and even life-changing experiences in New Orleans. The first time I got my heart badly broken, I had to be in New Orleans a few weeks later. While I was there still reeling, I skeptically visited a voodoo doctor who had been recommended to be my by airport cab driver. I don't really believe in psychics or fortune-telling, but I thought a voodoo doctor might be an interesting experience. I really don't think anything was going to happen, so why not give voodoo a try? At the very least, it would be a distraction from my broken heart. To my great shock, the doctor gave me such insight into my life and my recently ended relationship that I truly can say I got closure, and my heart started to heal in New Orleans. Everything the voodoo doctor told me would later come true, and I found the experience unbelievably cathartic. 
Believe what you want. Say what you will. The voodoo doctor gave me closure, and I will always be thankful for her for that. I have that's to, the thing is, like, when you talk to somebody really stupid, you can solve all their problems and predict their future. That, like, that, that's, that is the only magic, is that, that if you meet someone who's just a complete fucking, like, dullard, and you're like, oh, yeah, your relationship ended because, you know, you you wanted to go to the farmer's market, and he wanted to, like, watch, you know truck versus bear on spike tv uh and anyway you're gonna marry a guy who writes articles about how female dog owners should be hung and well i was like, like oh my well, god Felix, you bring, it all you, came you, true. you bring that up uh, that passage there about her visiting the voodoo doctor and finding some you know sense of closure or meaning in it probably half of the people employed by her husband would absolutely execute the voodoo doctor and then shave Megan's head for doing absolutely a that fucking devilish guy, Matthew idolatry. Dowd talks yeah. about how it's like don't, don't it's not worth it Matthew Walsh Matthew, Matthew Walsh, Walsh yeah uh, uh, do uh, not do the yoga, Ouija board yoga Ouija boards it's not worth it <laughs> it's like that's devil okay shit. that's insane but you believe in something not only that but like you believe in something I mean it's you believe in stupid things but at least it's like stopping you from doing like it asks something of you like you yes. actually can't do yoga or do whatever you or do and think whatever you want to do at every given moment yes that's you can't you can't be christian and do voodoo <laughs> you have to pick one i'm not saying voodoo is bad i'm saying you have to pick one you have to the, pick the, one the monotheism of the bible is practical monotheism it doesn't mean there's only one god the yahweh fought the pharaoh's god he was stronger it means you have to pick one you fucking idiot holy shit <laughs> i fucking can't stand protestants no it's the worst. american protestants and, and, if they got, and it's the money that does it pigs. it's just this fucking it just it just turns I can do whatever i want yeah it's like, hey, what's the thing that I can believe so that I never feel bad for a moment of my life? I never have asked of anything. I never feel disquiet about my place in the universe. I never fear existentially honest, for my death. That's why she believes in capitalism so much at, and why least, she hates least, socialism. At least those like dour Norwegian Protestants like kill each other over shit. Like they're cool. They believe in something at least. This is just she's not even trying. Well, uh, eventually uh, there was going to be an argument between these two with their different views. So they went on a, on a swamp tour. We'll look at gators and such. <laughs> and hey, that sounds fun. And oh, uh, guy, they go uh, on a fan boat? Well, I'm, I'm imagining a, like the movie The Butterfly Effect, how the future plays out if Megan gets sucked into the fan, on the fan <laughs> boat. Tragic mishap during the writing of America, You Sexy Bitch. <laughs> I have to say, it's a lot of fun. I've, I've been out there. You, you were on the fan boat. Not on the fan boat. It was oh. just like a regular boat. Nah, give me fan I'm boat. Just fan boat Matt, or nothing. Matt in a swamp playing the accordion. <laughs> oh, isn't that? Just having the time of his life. Isn't that a cool idea? Your propulsion by a giant fan. It's very Acme, you know? No, it's cool, but I didn't do that. I just like threw the marshmallows and saw the gators. It was nice. Wait, you threw the marshmallows? Yeah, you, you, you throw, throw marshmallows, marshmallows at the them, gators. and they come up, and you look. <laughs> so they, they did love that. marshmallows. It's and while horrible. we're doing this, they're talking <laughs> about health care. <laughs> oh, okay. Which... uh According to to Megan is the pos the two issues where he is the most conservative and he sh she is the most conservative and he's the most liberal. Even though I'm pretty sure there's a brick wall in my future, we start discussing Obamacare on the bus on the way to the swamp tour. Michael's argument starts with Republicans being heartless and that we all need to give a little more for the common good and that healthcare should be free to every American. I naturally feel like Uncle Scrooge when I start say say that. Universal health care would bankrupt this country if enacted into law. Oh, of course, I think all Americans should have access to health care. However, the concept of free health care is unrealistic. I wish I could be so idealistic as to think that if we all just gave a little more, then everyone would have the same level of amazing health care. But it's just not that simple. It makes me feel like 
uh, I come off sounding heartless when in reality I think I'm simply being pragmatic about no, the kind sound- of world we live in and what our country can afford. You sound pragmatic as fuck. Anyway, let me guide you through this gator-infested swamp. <laughs> yeah, Even no. worse than Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge was at least a competent businessman. <laughs> <laughs> You're just someone who's rich. She had a fucking like fifty, eighty thousand dollar credit, credit card, line. Though. Yeah, but she- her parents, she probably still has it. Yeah, uh, and, and and this is by the way, this is this the nut of her actual objection to healthcare. We can't afford it. It's too. It's too expensive. I mean, we know that's not true. I mean, everyone listening to this knows all there the fucking... There was money to pay for this book deal. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but, I mean, we also know, I mean, then uh, the fucking uh, a Koch Brothers-funded think tank just came out with a fucking study saying over a 10-year period, uh, universal health care would save, like, $2 trillion over the baseline of what we're going to end up spending... Uh, on uh, on you know healthcare just as it exists. Uh, by the way, all her shit about like we we just can't afford it in America. It, it, like all this water headed shit gets it gets, goes back right to what she said on the View about socialism, where like Joy Behar was like, wow, I don't know, like you know Norway, Finland, they they have free healthcare. They work pretty good for them. Uh, <laughs> uh, you hear Joy Behar all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And 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 Megan's response to that was, it is. She was like, you know, she was like, it is. I'm sorry. It is literally delusional to compare a tiny European country to America and think that we could do that here. All of our arguments for like, like America is just too big for socialism it cuts the exact opposite way. Well, of course. I mean, there's more fucking money in this country. Like, it, it's easier to do socialism on a large scale because there's more money and we have our own currency. And as I've said before, uh, the biggest obstacle that we wouldn't have to deal with is this country's foreign policy. Fucking us up. Yeah. Well, so she she says instead of doing that, we should do tort reform. That would make things affordable. Okay. Fuck Uh, you. Fuck you. And then she says the idea of universal health care seems very much like a first step towards radically socializing medicine in a country that is too large and complicated to support such a drastic move. No, no. Shut the fuck up. Yes, I will concede that insurance and pharmaceutical companies are making money hand over fist, but I do not think we can penalize big business for doing what our democratic capitalist system is designed to do. Also, take into consideration that much of that money goes back into research and improving the outstanding level of care That's that we the Megan McConnell Yeah, your line. dad's still alive. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is good. Improving the outstanding level of care that we already have. The we in that sentence is what matters. Yeah. We meaning her. Yeah, you know how my she gets access to. You know how my dad can float on the ceiling like Baron Harkonnen and he's been dying for seven years? Yeah, no, I know that you have to pay like $3,000 a month and you even when you get care, it doesn't cover it, and you're just it's the biggest single cost. It's not deductible from your taxes even. But look, my dad has a seven year long dying period. We all have to mourn my dad. Like we're just keeping him alive somehow. We're just pumping oxygen into his rotting green blood all the time. He'll never go away. You're welcome. Well, she asks, why should a, an award-winning hospital like the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona, have to risk becoming less of a leader in finding new solutions to medical problems by making it cater to anyone who walks in the door? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want just anyone who's dying. By the way, like, uh, haven't doctors in Cuba literally scumbag. just cured AIDS in infants? Yeah. yeah. You fucking scumbag. I think it's just pretty telling. Just that phrase, anyone who walks yeah. in this door. Just, she walked into the fucking door of life. Yeah. You, you, never, right you just that showed door. up. You just fucking showed up, and now I have to see you for the rest of my life. <laughs> you did nothing. You did nothing. You went on a fucking road trip. You went on a fucking road trip, and that's your qualification. Okay, oh you my say this. God. You better not ever see her and say that to her, because... 
buddy, you're in trouble. Uh, she says to Michael, at the end of the day, there's nothing in this world that comes free. And Michael replies, it's not like you could ever understand not having health care. This is not the way to argue with me. I've spent a significantly large part of my life trying to combat any bullshit poor little rich girl couldn't possibly understand real life stereotypes. And I'm in no mood to do so with Michael on a damp bus on its way to the swamp. And that's tea, sis. Sis, don't say anything like that when you meet my father. I'm still trying to explain to him exactly who you are, I say, even though I know it's Oh, if I meet your father, there will be no words. Her her father married her mother, who is a rich beer heiress. Yes. He didn't do anything for his money either. That's how he got his political career funded. Was was his? He left his first wife for the money. Yeah, yeah after his first woman. wife got sick. By the way, yes. what a compassionate guy John yeah. is. What a great family. I just, mm, don't give me that. What the fuck? <laughs> what, is she what, gonna talk about when she was in college? Is well, that it? Is that it? Is she gonna talk about when she like lived in a shitty apartment once in her life? What's the large chunk of your life? The fucking you fucking platinum credit card. Nothing. Well, what I like she about does that. Not- she doesn't elaborate. expand on it. So, so, so what she says, she's there, just saying so what she that you're say, supposed to take for granted that she's worked hard to so, so what she's combat there, stereotypes what she's about talent. Like, rich is like when child. people when people are try to argue with me by saying, "Yeah, Megan, like you know, you, maybe you don't understand what it's like to not have health care, or maybe like you the, you the things you take for granted aren't widely shared. The prosperity that you take for granted is not as widely shared yeah. as you'd imagine, and you don't know that because you're a clueless rich person who hasn't earned or done anything in their life right. she says i spent my whole life getting angry at that and i've worked very hard to combat it yeah and then oh, okay can... and then it just excuse it, me it, she's it, a blogger it's, sir it's what she said what she's saying there is that argument really makes me mad and yeah. i wish people wouldn't do it yeah next moving yeah. on because she's blogged okay yeah. she blogged yeah she she went on msnbc in 2008 and said Gay people kind of not bad. Yeah. Awesome. So she's, thank, yeah, thank she's saying that that line about how like which would lead someone to say, imagine if the Mayo Clinic just had to serve anybody. Yeah. That just, you know, and she says like that that really uh, that really annoys me, and you shouldn't use that argument. So it's just like saying, yeah, the, you know, you know the argument that's like uh, the most effective moral case for why I'm a nitwit who doesn't uh, know what I'm talking about. Don't use that argument yeah, around is, me. It makes me mad. This is the boss fight. This is when the bo- like the weak point in the boss starts glowing red. <laughs> Except every part of her is the weak point. I just it's any oh just anyone can walk. You want that world? Yeah. Oh my God. You, well, want, you want a world where just anybody gets top of the line you know, cancer treatment? I, I just I see why people spend so much time like trying to rehabilitate Stalin online. Honestly, man. Yeah, no. Fucking honestly, the, 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 bro, the lure like, of the gulag is very, very strong. Oh my God. You just want to. You hate to see it. You want to see this person in prison. Yeah. You hate well, to read it. You know, you guys are getting very class worry right now. You're getting very hostile towards the job creators and producers in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but have you considered Elvis? As no, a rejoinder I have that. not. Well, he he was born poor and he became well, very wealthy. Yeah. So they went to Me- they go to Memphis and they go to Graceland and they tour Graceland and they explain, you know, what you it's like. All of real America. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're looking at all of his amazing stuff at Graceland, all of his opulence, <laughs> his eighty uh, Cadillacs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly what it is about Elvis, other than that he was the first of his kind and changed music and American culture forever. Whites? But there's something about him that appeals to every generation. Yes, of whites. I think the latter part of his life, when he went through hardships with prescription drugs and weight gain, is obviously sad, but it doesn't make him any less of a legend or an icon. It just makes the lengths that support people go to, support people go to to enable celebrities egregiously tragic. And why do they do it? I guess to be more around famous people and steal some of their wealth. 
As I stand in the middle of the gold leaf heaven, I find it ironic that the people on tour are here in their t-shirts and flip-flops, as much to worship the excesses of a very wealthy man as they are at his talents. Given a choice, they'd probably take the money over the music. This hypocrisy hits hard the day after my dinner conversation dinner conversation defense last night the anti-wealth trend is on the uptick evident everywhere you turn look at occupy wall street look at the way mitt romney has been treated during this election cycle with his wealth perceived by many on the left as a liability being wealthy or coming from substantial means is not lauded in america today as it was in elvis's day this is obviously a wealthy dis a wealth disconnect in this country and yet yeah that's what we call it a wealth disconnect and yes wall street has screwed a lot of people in middle america but what concerns me is the new edict that you should be embarrassed by personal wealth and success. This is what continues to worry me about the Obama administration. The spread the wealth around feeling will always be one of the biggest alerts around what kind of political ideology our president adheres to. We should encourage hard work and success and not publicly scorn people once they get there. Even some of those who grew up without wealth can too easily forget where they came from. I do not flaunt my family's wealth because, well, only a spoiled asshole would do that. But I also don't feel like yeah, I also don't like feeling like it's something I need to hide or be embarrassed about. God forbid you ever feel uncomfortable no. or embarrassed or ever anything, any any ever. any any sort of uh, debt or uh, or uh, connection to another human yeah, being. This that, goes back to her requires uh, you to have any. This goes back to her personal result. relationship with Jesus, where Jesus was like, you know what, Megan, you, you should you should you rock. You shouldn't be embarrassed yeah. by all your wealth. God God appeared in a burning bush to her and said. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, by the way, to... uh, here, here's here's an explanation to Megan of the American healthcare system. She might understand. Uh, the health insurance companies are uh, the uh, are to Americans as the Colonel was to Elvis. <laughs> you know, you know that guy who was a wealth creator who uh, managed Elvis by stealing all of his money and letting him kill himself with Colonel drugs. Tom Parker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is what health insurance is in America. Uh, I don't may, think... Here's another analogy. You might, you know, and okay. also I'm sorry, Elvis actually did have talent. He was a great performer. Yeah, and yeah. he was poor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, here's another analogy she might get for health insurance. Imagine there's a pilot and he just can't seem to get through a flight. <laughs> he just can't even can't even seem to land the plane. Sometimes he can't even take it off, but they keep giving him planes <laughs> for some reason. They just keep giving him chances. So I I don't think Megan has to feel bad about her wealth. There's a lot of other things she should feel <laughs> bad about her beliefs, her, her level of intelligence, personality, her lack of accomplishments. I, I do agree that the tax code is out of control, but I also believe in a, fr- <laughs> in a free market system where checks and balances come into play. I apparently was one of the few people not offended by Mitt Romney's comments that he enjoyed firing people who didn't do a good job working for him. Me, I do yeah, not understand why that was perceived as such a shocking thing to say. America is a capitalistic society. If you do a bad job, you should not be able to keep it. Alternatively, if you do a good job, you should be promoted. None of this seems particularly controversial to me, but to a lot of people it is. Megan goes on uh, Rap Genius after a Capital Seps show to figure out all the references that go over her head. I, should, like I love the thing about fire. Like, when has Megan ever been anyone's like boss at a profitable enterprise? Is she just talking <laughs> yeah. about when she like complains to people's managers? Yes, like, yes. Yeah, yeah, I love getting, that. Yeah. Getting waiters fired, getting landscapers fired, getting pool boys fired. Oh man, this trip, this trip they went on, it was probably like fucking General Sherman's march to the sea, but for service employees. (laughs) Just everyone, everyone they came across, she was like, let me talk to someone who's above you. (laughs) Just salting the earth. She single 
single-handedly like raised the unemployment rate by like two digits. <laughs> yeah, that was that's why there was no Obama recovery. She fired. She got everyone fired. <laughs> got everyone fired. Uh, I do like this. Uh, if you do a good job, you should be promoted. Or if you just do it, if you just show up and you're Megan McCain, you should be promoted. And you go from MSNBC to The View yeah. because they want one young conservative who like doesn't want to hang gay people yeah. so I would, they can uh, keep humping this idea that there is uh, you know young cool nice people out there who also believe in everything the Republican but she's Party not even a, she's a nasty piece of, it's like yeah, she's like yeah, John yeah, McCain no it's like but she's dumber than McCain because McCain could do like the he could play the game where it's like oh well you know sometimes I eat too many darts on the campaign trail but he's in reality just a nasty piece of oh shit. he's awful and his mask would slip sometimes but it just he, he called does, he she, called, she half asses putting on her mask. He called her mom the c word in yep, public. He did. Which <laughs> is reporters. Uh, so she goes. She talks about global warming at one point, and uh, apparently that's a problem. Both parties have a problem with that because Republicans refuse it exists, uh, and Democrats use celebrities to talk about it. So they're both equally at fault. I agree. Um, yep, I agree. Uh, and then she goes to Branson, Missouri. I wish she visited Branson from E1. And he had a certain device with him that makes a whirr noise. Uh, His favorite device. And this is actually my favorite quote in the whole book, is that she goes to Branson and she and Michael see uh, Yakov Smirnoff's special. Hell yes. They go and see Yakov Smirnoff do his, do his thing. And I actually think he's closed his theater since then. So this was like towards the end of his run there. And he got, she got him fired from his own theater. <laughs> she, she did scathingly review the show. She, 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 called, she called the ice. And tried to yeah. him. <laughs> this is unacceptable. I paid $33 for this. Uh, so she sees Yakov Smirnoff, and it's a terrible show. Please explain I, to me how a television could watch me. <laughs> it's a terrible show. It's a show he's been doing basically verbatim for 20 years at this point. Uh, and it's a lot of it's a lot of sentimentality and cheap patriotism, and it really it gives it gives Megan a the closest thing to like an existential moment or identity crisis in the whole book. The rest of it is just her keeping on, keeping on. Uh, so she sees Yakov and she says, "There's nothing per se wrong with Yakov's comedy. It just feels like somebody retelling his stories about a better time in his career." Yako, for whatever reason, has not exactly evolved with the times. And every time she's in fucking Branson, yeah. it's like a time capsule there. And it's also like I'm mad at her for critiquing Yako. At least he made something. Yeah, no, he's he, never done anything. He, he came to this country from the Soviet Union, and he fucking had like three jokes and he built a, a comedy theater. sensation. What would yeah. she have done in that situation? <laughs> well, in Soviet, she would have just died. She would have died. She would have died of exposure. Yeah. In Soviet Union, Megan McCain doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she's like, "Wow, this is really this is really cheesy. It's very very bad." Uh, she says, "I hate the term has been because I think it often cruel and unfair generalization, but that is how the majority of people would probably describe Yakov and his show at this moment." I spent a lot of time giving speeches, mostly at college campuses. Giving speeches and entertaining an audience is one of the best and most flattering things I am asked to do. But at the same time, it is also indescribably difficult and draining. Engaging a room full of college students about the future of the Republican Party and trying to make it funny and edgy at the same time is truly one of the hardest things I have tried to master. So I just give up. Tried, (laughs) meaning that although I think I am good, I, I can't believe she thinks she's good, I don't think I'm done evolving as a speaker. Either way, it is something I take extremely seriously and consider one of the greatest honors of my life. Like Yakov, I stand in front of a room full of people telling my story. 
her story of my dad was a senator. I love I love that one that of the story. one of the greatest honors of my life. I love this. This is just such like American bullshit language. Like the thing when something good happens to you and you're like, I'm so humbled. <laughs> like you don't know what any of this means. No, your honor was when you were just born into millions of ill-gotten gains and gifted them before you even lifted a finger and then never did anything for the rest of your life and just gifted into us seeing your fucking shitty face forever. <laughs> that was your honor. That was the greatest honor you ever received. So this is the last part. So she, 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 says, she says that to kind of make the connection between her and Yaakov. We both talk to people for a living. We both yeah, share, he's better we, at we it. He at least struggled. did it on his own merits. We share our story, his story of fleeing one country for another and building you know, a new life and a comedy career. Her story of shooting out of a, of a, of a wealthy womb <laughs> and just being gifted an entire life of privilege and media access. God, those, I com those, comp those comparably compelling stories. So then she says... As I leave the theater in a daze, strolling back to the lobby with my happy chatting clan up ahead of me, all his pre my pre-show exuberance is gone. My admiration for the patriotic paintings vanished. When we get outside, Michael and Stephanie can tell something is up. They can both read me pretty well. It is not exactly that I didn't like the show, which I didn't really. It has, I had been to not good or great shows and speeches before. I think there was something about the desperation and dated feeling of Yakov's show that made me get down. It was, I, it was sad. I wanted to know what happened to his career. I wanted to know how one was, has such a large following and then ends up desperately hawking swag to small audiences in Branson, Missouri. Yakov once appeared on Johnny Carson and made him laugh, and now he's stuck wriggling, wringing laughs and money out of people's nostalgia and patriotism. He's flogging the same story of his American dream that he has made his name on. What if that's me? What if I am Yakov Smirnov? Don't worry. You will never lose millions of Megan McCain fans. Don't worry about it. Never worry about it. Please. <laughs> well, that's how delusional she is. Is she thinks it's a comparable situation where she has to maintain an engaged audience and a perspective and insights to keep people interested as opposed to just being dragged along by the tender hooks of her family's money and, and her name. Yeah, no, you're just you're a you're a fucking half dead jellyfish floating through just floating along the beach. And she's like, wow, I don't know how long I can be the world's fastest swimmer. <laughs> she's like, Drake, she's like, man, when you're on top, everyone's coming for you. <laughs> like, No, she is. She's like, damn, it's so, God, had to grind for this view. How am I going to keep this up? Yeah, she's just born. Damn, had to grind for this view. <laughs> and then she ends up going to Washington, D.C. and, of course, meeting her dad and having a nice dinner with, with Senator McCain. And Michael Ian Black? Yes. Okay. And now and nothing is learned. No one no one changes their minds. No no synthesis has been achieved. Just just this absolute waste of everyone's time. All right. So hear me out here. What if we ran a river through the part of Arizona she was born in to just completely wipe it off the map? I Genghis mean Khan style. What do you think about that? I think emptying the entire state of Arizona of human habitation would be a good No, story. I like Arizona. I think it's like an interesting place. No one should just, live there, though. Come on. So what? No one should live here. It sucks here. <laughs> uh, I No, I just think her birthplace should be wiped off the map, personally. It's hard to run a river through Arizona, but, you know, to paraphrase Michael Ian Black and Meghan McCain, this is the greatest darn country on earth, and we can do whatever we want. I went in the car, and I saw all the things that make America difficult, but wait. <laughs> oh, we disagree on some things, but on other, we do love this country. <laughs> At the end of the day, the most important thing is that nothing you do is ever wrong, and nothing you believe is ever at odds with anything you see, and you never have to change anything. 
I went to the West one with uh, with uh, the old senator. He was just kidding five money to buy me chicken tendies. Just fucking pablum, uh, fucking yeah. idiots. Even, I mean, again, even if it wouldn't uh, pay for health care and education for every single human being in this country, just as a matter of principle, uh, there shouldn't, like, you should have, like, a, like we should cap out people's money at, like, I'm going to be generous and we say just $10 million. I think we should just cap people <laughs> <laughs> after hearing this shit. I was, like, in a bad mood today, but it's like, this just made it worse. Really, Felix? <laughs> but they, this this is what we can't have nice things for. This is what we have to live in misery for. No, but like, but, but this is the argument against socialism that she's making: is that we cannot possibly have universal health care because it would uh, it, it would take away from all the other things that are good. Like it would very slightly inconvenience me or or make me feel uh, guilty or responsible for even like. A millisecond. Yeah, it would. It would. It would make me part of something bigger than myself. It would make me accountable to others, and that's just not. That's just not happening, folks. Yeah, that's never, canceled. That's tea. It's canceled to ever feel any level of discomfort or anything. Like it just. You're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everyone else is the problem. Eternal sunshine of Megan's mind. Yep. So um, what, what? Just a pointless life, a, a pointless family, a pointless book. Just done with it. I have to go frag out with Chet. I can't take this. I have to, <laughs> oh. frag, All right, out. We I have to frag out in Tilted Towers. I'm very upset. Before we sign off, there's two plugs. Let's uh, do it. We all love the plugs. Uh, on August 9th at The Well in Brooklyn, uh, come see us, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and a whole bunch of comedians at a fundraiser for Julia Salazar. Yeah, Alexandria Cortez will be doing a cover of Eddie Murphy Raw. <laughs> <laughs> wear the, wear the leather Wearing suit, the leather suit. Uh, again that's August 9th at the well your tickets are available the link will be in the description of this episode it's going to be a hoot and a holler the other oh, one and uh, plug number two um, you if you have not done so already and you would like to read our tales of weirdness and madness in the uh, Chapo Trap House presents uh, tales from the dark looking glass you have until this Friday this Friday, August 3rd, to take advantage of the free ebook offer. Again, if you would like to have read four original short stories written by the minds behind Chapo Trap House, send the receipt of your pre order of the Chapo Guide to Revolution to chapobook at gmail.com. Or, you know what? If you uh, ask your local library to stock the book, I think we'll take that too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, go out, ask your local library to stock the book. A uh, few people reached out to us who are librarians. Shout out to librarians. That's a very noble career, much like being uh, Senator Harris. And uh, said that right now is the time that libraries are making their decisions about what books to stock. If you want them to have this weird and vaguely pornographic political book <laughs> on your library shelf, uh, now's the time to ask them. Um, oh, yeah. Final plug. Metal Gear Solid Stream starts this Thursday. I promise this time. Ooh, baby. No, promises. We were talking about Yom Kippur before we started recording. You know why Yom Kippur is so important? It's the only day you can mend broken promises because even God himself can unmend them. You got to do it person to person. You so know, I, I'm making a promise this time. I think I'm going to I'm gonna want to get in on that at some point. That sounds interesting. Uh, I, I guess who cleaned up what all time the cans at his desk. What time is it? <laughs> wait, wait, what time is the Metal Gear thing on Thursday? You guys want to do it like what? Like seven? I could do it e after. Evening you. would be better. I, yeah, I would prefer I got to fucking move probably, on yeah. Friday, so it's yeah, going to be yeah. a fucking nightmare. But anyway... 
Uh, I, I will be there, Felix. All right. Has anybody I'll... ever said Epic Nam Kapoor? <laughs> no, they did for the first time, and I love it. Can you say it's more off air so I can enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, for, I will. Give me a few for the ride back. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Yom Kippur Beast Mode, everybody. All right. Yom Kippur Beast Mode. Bye. Bye.